Did you know last year there was this one of a kind holy party on the metaverse? And you know who hosted it? Tata Tea. They had games and live singers and dance, the works, all in the virtual world. Another time, they set up a giant anamorphic 3D display in Gurgaon's cyber hub to pay tribute to India's handlooms. For Lori, the Harvest Festival, they used AI to create hyper-personalized ad campaigns. So why is Tata doing all this using its FMCG products? Because it wants people to see that it is new age and that it wants the masses to experience all of these new technologies. And I am specifically talking about Tata's FMCG arm, Tata Consumer Products Limited. But for the longest time, despite being this giant steel-to-software conglomerate, Tata's consumer goods game was quite weak. The company wasn't seen as one that was agile, so most thought that it would never enter the FMCG big league. Before 2019, it more or less stuck to selling just the essentials. Salt, spices and pulses under Tata Chemicals Limited and tea, coffee and water through Tata Global Beverages Limited. Both of these were separate. But in 2019, Tata decided to merge Tata Chemicals and Tata Beverages. And ever since, the new company known as Tata Consumer Products has been on a roll. It's been launching new products like There Is No Tomorrow. It introduced more than 30 new products in the recent financial year itself. For comparison, it was 10 in the year that ended in March 2020. That is quite a jump, no? Even the contribution of new products to the top line has seen a marked rise. Meanwhile, Tata Consumer's shares have more than tripled. So how is the company managing things at this speed? Welcome to Daybreak, a business podcast from the Ken. I'm your host, Nikda Sharma, and I don't chase the news cycle. Instead, thrice a week on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, I will come to you with one business story that is worth understanding and worth your time. Today is Wednesday, the 23rd of August. together of Tata Chemicals and Tata Beverages was the beginning of a massive challenge for the company. Tata's FMCG arm was nowhere close to the biggies. Think Hindustan Unilever, ITC, Darbar, Britannia and the likes. So to take up this challenge, Tata hired Sunil D'Souza, a career FMCG executive as the CEO and managing director of the newly found company in April 2020. D'Souza began his FMCG career in 1993 in tea sales at Hindustan Unilever, which happens to be Tata's closest rival in tea. He then went on to work with Coca-Cola and PepsiCo in India and Southeast Asia. Before joining Tata, he was the MD of appliance maker Whirlpool's India unit. After he joined Tata, between the years that ended in March 2020 and March 2023, Tata consumers' revenue grew at an annual compounded rate of 13% to around $1.65 billion, and its profits rose by 38% to over $144 million. The Nifty FMCG index also almost doubled in the same period, and I've already told you about the speed at which the company has been launching new products. 
So what did it take Tata Consumer to get here? From a slow-moving, stuck-to-the-basics FMCG company to this new avatar. My colleague Sita Raman, the deputy editor of The Ken, sat down with Sunil D'Souza himself in a candid interview to find out. Stay tuned. Sita got straight to the point and began by asking D'Souza about how the rate at which Tata Consumer has been launching new products has seen this dramatic rise. D'Souza started by pointing to the fact that for most food and beverage companies, about 3-5% to of sales come from innovation. And that is what Tata targeted. He said, for innovation, two muscles are required. First, they had to build consumer insights in the marketing team. So they looked at trends, insights, which consumer habits are changing, what products are trending, and then they came out with ideas. But then they also needed a team which could turn these ideas into actual products, which is the R&D or the research and development team. So Tata built both of these capabilities from scratch. Earlier, Tata did not have specific capabilities in R&D. But larger F&B companies cannot do without it. So they built different verticals like scientific analysis and claims and consumer sensory expertise. And they gradually consolidated all their R&D teams into three locations, Bangalore, Mumbai and Sri City, which is near Chennai. D'Souza also gave us a fascinating example while talking about innovation. Before this, Tata did not have a dedicated innovation person in the marketing team. Now, they have an innovation manager across all their categories. So Sita dug in a bit deeper and asked him about what this innovation process within the company actually looks like. D'Souza explained how Tata Consumers' innovation process involves everything passing through what they call stage gates. It starts from ideation and concept to initial product profile, then a rough analysis of what it is, and then a prototype. After that comes the actual commercial production, launch and post-launch analysis. They set up something called the Innovation Council, which D'Souza chairs himself. The council meets every month and it includes all the people who matter from operations, marketing, R&D and innovation. Everybody is on the same call. And the way it works is that people have to say a clear yes or no to ideas on the call. So there is no going behind somebody's back or trying to lobby. The idea behind this is so that the team does not waste any time trying to debate decisions. Coming up next, one Tata product where all parts of this new innovation process came together. In 2021, Tata acquired a 100% stake in Kotaram Agro Foods which is the maker of the soulful brand of breakfast cereals and millet-based snacks. The brand already had a strong presence in urban markets of South, West and North India. While making the announcement at the time, D'Souza had said how the acquisition was a good strategic fit for Tata consumer products because for them, it opened up significant new market opportunities in the fast-growing mini-meal segment. D'Souza told Sita how Tata wanted to get into snacking and Soulful was the perfect path to get there. They evaluated different options for snacking and then zeroed in on Ragi Bites Choco Sticks. 
These were hollow edible sticks with cream inside. It is a sort of a sweet snack. But they had certain conditions. They did not want the outside stick to be made of maida or all-purpose flour. And they wanted the cream filling inside to be the best with as little sugar as possible. So the team spent one and a half to two months on ideation and looking at different options. Then the R&D team spent around two to three months figuring how to make it low sugar and also as little as possible of anything other than ragi. But even after all of this, the hollow sticks would not bind. The team, however, kept at it and finally they did figure it out. In all, D'Souza told us that it took them nine months from start to launch. Dear listeners, this is just a small part of Sita's fascinating interview with Sunil D'Souza. They talked about a lot of other things like other products, how the timeline for their product launches has changed, what happens if a product does not work and a lot more. I highly recommend you read the rest of the interview. I'm going to link it to the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening and catch you on Friday with a new story. Daybreak is produced from the newsroom of The Ken, India's first subscriber-focused business news platform. What you're listening to is just a small sample of our subscriber-only offerings. A full subscription unlocks daily long-form feature stories, newsletters, subscriber-only apps, and podcast extras. Head to theken.com and click on the red subscribe button on the top of the website. I am Snigdha Sharma, your host, and today's episode was edited by my colleague Rajiv Sien.